Hello and welcome to From Misfit to Mystic. Get ready for my unfiltered, off-the-cuff, raw and real radio show that puts evolutionary leaders from all over the world into the spotlight. Leaders who have taken themselves from feeling unseen, unworthy and out of place to becoming unapologetic for who they were born to be. I'm your host, Lisa Don Lajoie, and we will be digging into the victorious impact that these powerful change makers give to the world with their purpose, how they monetize their magnificence daily, and how they confidently stepped into co-creating the life of their dreams. Now let's dig into today's episode. All right, welcome to From Misfit to Mystic. I'm your host, Lisa Lajwa, and today I have an extra special guest, a dear friend of mine, Tammy Italiano. She is an early childhood educator for over 25 years, specialized in infant development. Her philosophy is the reason she's on the show, apart from me just loving her and thinking she's absolutely phenomenal and incredible as a person who works with children. I also want you to know that I love her deeply. She's a good friend and an incredible human being. And have you on the show, Tammy, Tammy, my Tammy, Tammy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, beautiful. I'm super happy to be here. Yeah. So one of the reasons this show, I created the show was to help people get informed about how to help um, themselves and other people in the world to enlighten, to become more conscious, to um, thrive in a new way, and to really give themselves permission to go from uh, maybe being disempowered in some way into becoming powerful beings. And so the reason I wanted you on the show was because I think your philosophy around childhood education is just something that's so needed. And we've talked a lot about it over the years that we've known each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted us to really dig into the conversation of, you know, what you're passionate about for first of all, and also why you do what you do and the reasons behind it. So 25 years is a long time to be, you know, a childhood educator. Mm-hmm. You also own your own daycare now, which is incredible. I want to talk about that also. I want you guys to know, my audience to know that I call Tammy the wild fairy and you'll probably <laughs> find out soon why. <laughs> We have a really good time together, so expect to hear a lot of giggling and laughing. Um, so let's start with this question. What provoked you or inspired you, let's say, to want to work with children? It's something that I think was always a part of me. I think my first babysitting job was at nine years old, where oh. I, yeah, where um, a neighbor, you know, I would watch her, her young, her young daughter, Naomi. I still remember her name, Naomi King. <laughs> um, so she could go and do shopping, and I would just take care of her for a couple of hours in the afternoon. And I just, I've always had an affinity towards children, and I just, I just wanted to be with them. They're just so light and so pure, and so honest and so innocent and that energy it's 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 pure magic it really just it fills my soul so it was a natural for me it was a natural vocation amazing that's really beautiful and i know how you are with them because i've seen you Mm -hmm. which is really epic to watch how how you just support children and being who they are so in the 25 years I understand like from knowing you you've had you've worked in daycares and um, you know you've learned a lot about the daycare community and what it's like for parents and what it's like for children I mean 20 20 years you were doing that how long were you in the daycare community like working for someone else well I've had my home daycare for two years now so really like for 23 most of my most of my my career has been in large centers yeah and so your observation and why you wanted to create your own tell me about that tell me about what happened to you that brought you to this place well when I first started when I was in school um, I specialized in infant toddler development and I took a course and the textbook from this course introduced me to Magda Gerber and her philosophy of respect and what that means to really 
respect children and how to foster their development from a place of really recognizing them and accepting them as unique, authentic beings. Mm. Um, and it just, it just resonated so deep in my core. It just made so much sense to me. Yeah. And over the years, that philosophy is ingrained in my being and it's, she, it has shaped who I am as an educator. It shaped who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. um, and over the years, when you have a deep rooted philosophy and you're working in mainstream daycare, there's such a huge disconnect. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with that so much because if we are really serving children in their best and highest interest, mm. mainstream daycare, in my opinion, goes against that. So there was a huge disconnect for me. And what I was fostering in my little classroom, which mm -hmm. just that word classroom and early childhood education, they don't go together. Right. Right? Yeah. So what I was trying to foster, I was always going against the grain because people were wow. just doing what, what they were taught to do or what they were without any real foundation and without the why, the mm -hmm. reason why mm -hmm. we do this job. Was it like being kind of like, in a school system versus uh, a development and a developing children's system? Well, let me explain it to you this way. If we look at infants and toddlers and young children, and I'm like up to the age, in my opinion, of seven, and mm -hmm. we really look at how they grow, how yeah. they develop, what they need, mm -hmm. the daycare structure does not foster that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So children need children are not meant to be taught infants are born naturally knowing what they need to do mm -hmm. to grow and to develop to develop mm -hmm. they are so connected that we so often get in the way of their learning mm -hmm. not only do we get in the way of it but we we stop it from happening because we want to teach them. Well, you know, what's so interesting for me and why I adore you and your philosophy and how you are uh, so much is because of the work that I do uh, around helping people understand why they ended up with the issues that they ended up with. And a lot right. of the time parents innocently, innocently will screw their children up because they don't understand that they have an individuation inside themselves. They have a soul inside themselves. They have a reason for being here that has nothing to do with the parents. And right. the parent doesn't realize I'm supposed to foster that, you know, parents are doing the best they can, you know, they're trying to figure it out. They, and they don't have sometimes time or understanding or the right teachers themselves to know the philosophy you're talking about. Like a child has an authentic there's a little authentic being there that has nothing to do with you, even though it may have come out of your vagina, That's even right. though your sperm may have been the donor. You know what I mean? This little being has its own ingrained, innate, incredible system trying to go somewhere in this path. That's right. So that philosophy is magnificent. And that's part of the why, the, the why I really wanted to talk with you about it on the show, because I think that's why, you know, my show is called From Misfit to Mystic. And the reason it's called that is because a lot of us feel like misfits, which is a definition of, I don't know where I fit in. And that starts at such a young age because mm -hmm. parents don't know how to help their children just be themselves That's or right. the community that the child is reared in or the school that they went to. Sometimes the parents are great, right? But then they'll get, they'll get to daycare education and learn something different. They'll mm -hmm. get to the school system and then the kids learn, oh, something must be wrong with me. Even if the parents are great. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk to you about this. My, my deep question around daycare is if you would have suggestions for change in the oh, field of daycare, 
Talk to me about that because I think it's really important for parents to hear what you have to say because it's the parents that would change the daycare system and support the daycare system. It's parents that would say, I want my child to be reared in this way here. And they would be able to reach out to the government, like officials, like where we're from, like it's very government run daycare. You know what I mean? How can we inspire parents to inspire the places their children are? What can we do? Or, or if you have other ideas, I'm going down that because that's my thought, but tell me about what you think. Well, that's a loaded question. For sure. That's why um, you're on the show. <laughs> Are Italian after all? Italian. I would change everything. <laughs> <laughs> Epic. <laughs> Epic change. Um, it's it's a multi-layered process, Lisa, and everybody has a responsibility in affecting change for the best interests of the children. Hmm. In Quebec, the government program that we are mandated to adhere by, the educational program in daycare, is really based on the whole child. The, the program in and of itself really is magnificent, and they're, they're on the right path. Mm-hmm. The disconnect is that I I can't speak for all daycares, but in my opinion, the majority of, of daycares, and that might not even be correct, the environment, the physical environment yeah. does not support that. So, so like the basis understanding is that children learn through play. Right. Okay. Right. So structure has its place, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, Children need to move. They need to be free to choose what interests them. So the idea of coming in and starting your day as an educator with a plan, although it's great to have a plan, it's the children who lead their development. And we need to foster that. So a lot of the structure where you have three-year-olds that are sitting in circle and learning their ABCs and their one, two, threes, and you know what? That's not, that doesn't benefit them in any way. Mm-hmm. Being outside, climbing as much as they can climb, running as fast as they can, taking risks, mm. you know, these are the things, you know, art and creativity but not structured art just Mm -hmm. put some paints out and let them go Mm -hmm. you know so from a structural point of view the 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 physical environment needs to support the philosophies right um the actual daycares owners need to have mission statements Mm-hmm. They need to know or they need to stand for what they're actually doing. And to have a cohesive philosophy that every single educator in that structure follows. Mm-hmm. Children need consistency. Mm-hmm. Already, as it is, there's so much change for them in such a short span of time yeah. that the daycare, you, have, you start an infant at, let's say a, an infant starts at eight months. Yeah. Well, at 18 months, they go to another class. Mm-hmm. And then they go to another room a year later. The first three years, we want to give children as much consistency and security. We're talking about attachment. We're yeah. talking about they need too much change is, is, is not healthy. Yeah, it's so interesting because right? one, yeah, for sure. One of the things that I love about you, because we've had these conversations a lot about children, one of the things I really, really love about you is your compassion for children. And I think it's all about them. Yeah, for sure. But it's not obvious to me in the world. And you know, we we were just at the women's empowerment retreat that I did. Oh yeah, it was awesome. I talked about that with all the women there, and I was teaching about that that we don't treat ourselves like 
we're always children on some level because we're always learning and growing and developing. That's right. And, and, and everything you're saying, what I got, I was getting shivers listening to you because it's exactly what we were talking about. Whether you're 40 or seven or three, you still need to take risks. You still need security. You still need all the things you're talking about. But if you don't have it when you're a child, mm -hmm. you know, how are you naturally learning to develop, to develop yourself? You're following someone else's rules and regulations. You don't and how are you modeling it for your children as parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it always leads, it drips back into the funnel, you know, sure. one way or the other. Yeah, that's so interesting. So you would recommend, like if we said, uh, okay, so what do we recommend? If we're suggesting things to maybe daycares or educators or educational systems, what would you say? Here's some couple of easy things that you could start to implement. So first you said, create a mission statement that the people that are hired also feel aligned with. Teach them what you want them to do. Train them, get them educated. I, I understand like development. your people. Okay. That makes sense. Don't make the children sit down in a, like all the time, help them learn in a natural environment also. Right. Like I get, you can, you have to introduce children to socialization and maybe some of the structure, but like, right. Do it at the right time, maybe. But that happens naturally. It happens socialization naturally. happens naturally. Naturally. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, structure. Um, you know, in my daycare, there's structure to my day, but within that structure, the children are free. Yes to do what they want, to manipulate objects how they want. Yeah. If I have one child that wants the easel outside to paint mm -hmm. while another one is building blocks inside, my yeah. environment is set up to be able to have both those children secure and safe under supervision right. constantly yeah. without, without me having to say, oh, well, you can't go inside because, you know, most of the children are outside yeah right and yeah. even from an emotional perspective you know some kids you know we all we're all the same and some children just want to go and be by themselves for a little bit mm -hmm. you know and that needs to be fostered too and respected yeah you it's know nice. and not saying no because it doesn't work for me or it's too much for me to be able to supervise both and no we have to find a way to make this work yeah. Well, right? it's not, this is the thing with you um, that I think a lot of people don't realize. They don't realize that the statement you just made, like, if I'm choosing to support the children, then I'm going to make it work. Because that's what I heard you say, right? Yeah. If I'm choosing to really honor who they are with that integrity and that authenticity, right. then I'm going to make it work for them. I don't, I'm good with going, having to go inside and outside to make sure my kids are okay, to make that's sure right. everything well, you know, to be, to make sure that they're, they're, you know, moving through whatever they're doing safely and securely. Like, I mean, just the intention alone that you made makes you do whatever you have to do for them. That's right. That's it. You don't, you don't, you're not even, you're not even in the equation based on what you've just expressed. Like I'm not in the equation. My structure is cause I have to run a daycare and have to make sure my kids get what they need from whatever structural standpoint. But in the structure, I allow them to discover themselves. That's right. You know what I mean, and it, don't we need that at any age though? Like this is what I'm, this is what's so exciting about this conversation we're having, which I didn't know where it was going to go, right? You never yeah. know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I'm like, we just went through this yesterday, you know, talking about this over the weekend with women, adult women of all different ages and how it doesn't matter. But I look at them and I think they didn't have that too. They don't have that philosophy. So maybe you, we could take you wild fairy and put you in the scheme of adults too and teach them how to I fly. shall fly where I need to fly. <laughs> uh, so good. What a great. One step further. Yeah. And it was, I honestly don't remember. I mean, I really, everything I am is because of, Magda Gerber and her philosophy and everything I've learned through putting that philosophy into practice. And I, I don't know if it was in one of my classes or somebody, a teacher that I had, but the question is so often, and you're going to relate to this as adults with the women and all the people, your clients you work with, but we are so quick to say no. Yeah for everything. 
no, don't do this. No, don't do that. No, you can't do this. No, I can't do that. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. But when you just pause and you take a second to ask yourself, is it just as easy to say yes? Mm -hmm. And with a room full of eight children, I, I only have, you know, my capacity is six, but for the most, most of my career, it was eight children. And that, that's a home daycare limitation. That's from, right. Okay. But I, you're right. talking about a larger daycare. School. Right. For eight, okay. 10 kids. Yeah. Honestly, if you're coming at it from the right perspective, nine times out of 10, it's just as easy to say yes. And by saying yes, you're stepping out of the way and you're letting you're allowing space for these children to thrive. And that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. So often, even for me, 25 years later, I find myself saying, no, no, but I, you have to catch yourself and you have to ask, can I say yes? Is it just as yeah. easy to say yes? Yeah. And what, why am I saying no? Mm -hmm. So if it's a question of security, okay, can I, can I change the environment quick, quick to allow for better security and safety so that I can say yes. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And such a, <clears throat> such a rich comment because <clears throat> the truth is that, you know yeah. what I mean? If we never, if we never check in with our no and why it's there, then we can never understand what might be limiting us on the inside. That's and so a lot of times, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but a lot of times it's because we as educators or parents don't want to be inconvenienced or we just want to, you know, we want things to be smooth and it's easier to say no. And, oh, well, they're going to find something else to do. Their kids, of course, they're going to find something else to do. They're naturally driven to seek out problems and to figure out their world but mm. we're limiting we're limiting that process by saying no mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it brought up a question and i'm trying to remember i just popped, popped into my head like because the thing the thing i know from working with people is when and even my own experience <clears throat> growing up in an environment where I became confused about my identity because no one was reflecting or giving me space to just have one, mm -hmm. uh, or I had no reflection. Like I had no interaction with people. I had no one looking at me like a human being. Mm -hmm. like, like, oh, you're a child. And so my perception of you is, you know, you're a little kid and you know, you're gonna, I hope you turn out good. You know, like this was kind of what I was around, you know, you're just like something I have to deal with. Yeah. It's a crapshoot. Yeah. Versus <laughs> like my implication in your life is going to help you flower into the abundant being you're meant to be in this world. Mm. Or my negative implication in your life is going to fuck you up for the rest of it. That's right. You're going to have to unravel that by yourself. And I think, I think parents and anybody working with children have, have a responsibility to understand the difference and how that their influence is huge in, in a child's life. Huge. You know That's what I mean? And being conscious of that simple understanding that you are the reflection of the child's experience. So when you act like, well, you figure it out and good luck, <laughs> I'll try to help you, but I don't know how good I'm going to do versus let me help you flower. Let me show you guidelines. Let me discover your talents and your gifts. Let me, you know, one of the th questions that came up in the empowerment weekend, which is amazing is one of the women brought up this thing. Well, how do I help my kid with comparinitis? You know what I mean? That's happening at the schools already. And I mean, my, my answer, and I want your answer also, my answer to her was, you know, cause she was talking about the child, like her daughter was feeling like this weight identity problem, like body image problem. Cause she's comparing and people are speaking to her and they're judging her and that, you know, like she's, she's not different than anybody else. She's just her, but everybody in this, like kids are already learning at such a young age. Oh, you should be like me, or you should be like this, or you should be like that because a magazine said so, or because the internet said no. You know, so she was asking how to help her kid be strong. And I was saying, well, the, for me, the most important thing is tell the truth. And the truth is your body's built a certain way. You have, uh, you have flavors 
to you and gifts inside you that are different than other people's and they are different than yours as well. And they're, one is just as beautiful as the other. And to teach the miraculous ability the body has and the different stages of development as a woman so that young person can understand the truth versus letting them just figure it out for themselves because what they're figuring out is copy paste what other people are doing. So if, you're in a, if, in a, if the kids are in an environment where everybody's copy and pasting, then that's what they're going to follow versus being a parent teaching them. Like what you're doing with those children, no matter what the parents are doing, okay, is infusing inside the child those philosophies of you're really perfect the way you are. Mm -hmm. So no matter what happens, no matter what the parents teach, this is what I mean by, because I learned some of the stuff that I learned, not just from my parents, but it was the after my parents, the people in the education system that just didn't know what to do with me, or they were tired, or they didn't want to implicate themselves, or they didn't know how to stand up to the parent and say, like, something's going on with your kid. Like, there's simple things we can do to just help our children understand the truth, which is you are miraculous as you are. You are an identity on your own. You know what I mean? So what's your opinion of what parents can do? <laughs> Parents aren't going to like what I have to say. That's all right. I mean, I think um, okay. we all have to grow. But that's, that's exactly it. So, you know, I, there's not a mom out there that doesn't want her daughter to grow up with body images and self-esteem issues. And nobody, no woman wants that for her daughter. Because we've yeah. all been there. We all know what it's like. Yep. The most important for me, it starts with the parents' self-awareness and their consciousness. Mm -hmm. We pass things down to children. We are most of the time unaware that our issues are being passed on to our children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if as a mother, you've struggled with body issues. You've struggled with um, insecurities, mm. with fears, with identity. It's because you weren't shown and you weren't given the opportunities that we're talking about now that we want to give to children. Right. So and we need so, to be honest with ourselves and yeah. we need to share that honesty with children. So I have a question for you because I know you have 25 years of experience dealing with parents mm -hmm. and I think that's a huge amount of experience. Okay. Mm -hmm. I really do. And it's very rare. I bump into someone in life who has been, you know, involved with parents for that long and different parents and, you know, some for five years, some for eight years, whatever, some for, you know, two years. I mean, that's a lot of parents, There's eight mm -hmm. kids in a class that you're, you're working with. That's a lot of parents every season. You know what I mean? Every mm -hmm. year for 25 years, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, so I want, I want to know where parents lose their permission, you know, and what you would like permission to just embrace their children like and be cool with their children the way they are like where did the breakdown happen for them i think it's authenticity i don't think parents have the permission to just be themselves mm -hmm. i think a lot of parents want to be more and better for their children yes and in doing so they're trying to be something that they're not Mm -hmm. And let me tell all of your audience, the most important truth is that children feel and interpret energy mm -hmm. more than anything else. We yeah, know it too. And they know the difference between what they're feeling energetically mm -hmm. and what they're seeing with their eyes. Mm. And children have an innate ability to call bullshit <laughs> on anybody's inauthenticity. Oh, that's awesome. And I think the most important thing, it doesn't matter if you're not a morning person. 
if you're not a morning person, don't pretend to be all chipper and sweet for your children. <laughs> that is who you are. And there's nothing wrong with that. I want to tell all parents, mothers, fathers, just be who you are. Mm-hmm. You don't have do the best you can. Mm-hmm. But be who you are because I promise you, if you are if you are present for your children, if you are working on being the best version of yourself at any given moment, and if you're honest with your children about that process and you allow that process to become an open, ongoing dialogue with your children, mm. they're gonna love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it gives them permission to be themselves. Mm-hmm. It gives them permission to make mistakes. It gives them permission to take risks. Mm-hmm. And it gives them a safe place to land when shit doesn't work out. Right? That's amazing. Honestly. And, and what you're saying is so valid. Like I can, I'm just having memories of growing up in my childhood. It's so funny. And I remember and I tell you right now, I would have rather my mother told me I'm fucked up. I had a nervous breakdown. Absolutely. Trying to figure out what's wrong with me that she won't come out of her room and she's locked in the freaking room with the, everything closed and she's smoking cigarettes. And if I make a noise in the kitchen, it sounds like an, a, an apocalyptic scream, like some kind of, like I did some, the worst thing in the world. I mean, I used to, my mother was in a nervous breakdown. Mm. Nobody said anything. I was like six years old. I had to figure it out. I came home, I shut the cupboard door. My mother would literally have a, she'd scream at the top of her lungs not to make noise. I closed a cupboard door. It fucked me up completely. Oh yeah. Because I I wasn't told mommy wasn't okay. I wasn't told, I had to figure that out for myself. That's right. Of course, at that age, five, six years old, who did I blame? I blame myself. You know, because, right? sure. You internalize it. Yeah. Right. What, tell me about that because I talk about this a lot. I think at five, six years old, my understanding, and I'm not a, a, day, you know, a childhood professional, but I do understand from the de- we develop things at ages. And five, six years old, we, identi- we need identification from outside. Well, you know, during the weekend, we, you talked a lot about personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so relevant in parenthood. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you an alarming fact, and it's one of my favorite facts to share with people. Yeah. Um, 80% of a child's self-concept, 80% is developed by the age of three. Amazing. It's incredible. There's a lot of room for damage that we have got to be mindful of. Yeah. And what that means is that parents need to get their shit together. Mm-hmm. Parents need to be aware of their triggers, mm-hmm. aware of where they're struggling. And it's not to say there's nothing, there isn't anything wrong with triggers and struggling. Right. But they need to separate that from their children. Mm-hmm. And they need to take ownership. Mm -hmm. And they need to make sure that they are being honest and open with their children so that their children learn from a very young age that it has nothing to do with them. Right. That's the And that they are pure and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And just because mom or dad is having a hard time with something, it doesn't mean that the child is too. It doesn't get imprinted onto them. For sure. And I think that's so important because a lot of parents, like you said, they're, they're, they're great people, but beautiful they people show the, the, the child, the truth. They're afraid, but they don't realize the child's trying to figure out what's wrong. Well, there's a way to do it. It's, we have to be careful with, like, with this conversation because mm-hmm. we need to, we cannot put our adult shit on young children they can't handle that it's not their responsibility we don't have to tell them well mommy's depressed right now and (laughs) i need to sleep for like six hours you know it's gonna be okay right like like responsibility with the truth well that's it and we don't want 
we never want a child to feel responsible of course for our weaknesses our shortcomings yeah. our struggles yeah so although you want to be honest with it it's more important that you're honest with it within yourself and this brings me to the next point of self care right but and also let, like um quick question to get quick oh. introduction about that so I know for me, like I definitely would have loved my mom to just tell me based, of course, I think the key is based on the age of your child. Like your child can't handle uh, adult concepts of depression or sadness or breakdown no. or difficulty. They can understand, oh, mommy's just having a bad day. Yes. They can understand those, you know, so you want to respectfully understand their age and, but you can still share the truth. Oh, you know, mommy will be okay in a couple of minutes or daddy will be okay in a couple of minutes. Just a little frustrated and, and yeah. show them it's okay to have their emotions or whatever. Mommy needs a little bit of time to herself. Right. Okay. So right? simple, simple statements of truth yeah. are you, they're okay. Yeah. And it, or to just say, it's not about, it's nothing's wrong with you, honey. Everything's okay. Or like, everything's okay. You're fine. Keep playing just to, to approve of the experience. Yeah. yeah. Yes, okay. exactly. And like, you know, because yeah. they know something's not okay. Yeah, exactly. And That's they don't understand it, right? Yeah. So the second you just acknowledge it, then they feel safe again. Right. Because Love they that. don't, when they don't understand something, it creates anxiety. It creates nervousness. It yes. creates misbehavior. It creates tension. It creates acting <laughs> out, right? Because yeah. they don't understand what they're seeing versus what they're feeling. And they don't understand the energy. And if you just say, mom feels a little bit sad right now. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's important yep. to dialogue emotion with children. Mm -hmm. We need to give them permission and hold space for them to feel whatever it is they're feeling. For sure. And also like a parent has or, or would probably... Uh, serve the child at a higher level just with that kind of self-approval and self-care you know like tell right. teaching their child like they don't have to fix it it's not their responsibility you know mommy's gonna be okay or daddy's gonna be okay in a bit just give them a little space That's you know right. what I mean and just like you know that that serves the child's awakenings and development so you are teaching the child mm -hmm. a responsible way yeah. of navigating emotion for sure by being honest with ourselves yeah and honest with where we're at at any given point in the day yeah um when there are bigger emotions more difficult emotions to navigate mm -hmm. we need to model for our children how to do that responsibly with love and self-love and compassion and nurturance we want to give those tools to our children. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is by modeling it as parents. For sure. And also like, uh, from what I'm understanding it, which I, this just like, it's in, this is an impeccable conversation for me because adults are exactly the same. They are. I do this work and I've been doing transformation work for 15 years mm -hmm. and all, all people who I've seen need exactly the same thing. And in my, in the space of transformation, I've been, that's what I'm creating all the time, listening, letting them know where they're at. okay. You know, like letting them just be where they are, like providing that good energy space. You know what I mean? It's incredible. And also like my other point that came up from listening to you is it helps kids with their inner guidance system because they energetically know something's not right. And if you tell them everything's okay, then they get confused about their Absolutely. own energy or their own energy understanding, their own inner guidance, their own intuition, their own empathy says, but, but daddy, I, I, I know you're not okay. Like I feel it. Their and instincts. They don't know how to dialogue that when they're little. And you know, so that, that's a beautiful thing too, is you're helping them know that what they're experiencing is true. And, but it's okay. It's not yours. Cause that's one of the big things that I know I talk about for people. We're very, we pick up energy and we, we don't know how to separate from one person to another sometimes because of, you know, the, the lessons we learn as children, you know what I mean? We learn to be sponges. We learn that our system may not be telling us the truth, even though it is because parents are so trying so hard to hide because they, they think what hiding is going to pr protect the child. 
you know what I mean? But it's not necessarily a true belief or a true way to be. It doesn't really maybe serve the greater good for the parent, you know? They just and don't by know. Doing so, yeah, but by doing so, like these are, these are learning opportunities. Yeah. They are learning opportunities for everyone involved. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we don't want to rescue them. We don't want to constantly protect them from, you know, difficult things. Mm-hmm. We want to we want to show them how to navigate that. Right. And we want to give them the tools to to successfully navigate that throughout the lifespan. What we want to do is give them life skills. Right. Do you have do you recommend anything like just want to I'm going to change gears in a minute and I want to really support parents because like, I know it's really hard for parents in this day and age. Like they have a lot. Harder than it's ever been. Ever. Like they don't have time. The kids are like, and it's no one's fault. It's just the system of the world is so freaking different. Yeah. And we can judge it as much as we want, but it, I would end of the day, it's just, it's, it's hard. I, I think so too. I really do. And I think parents are most of the time just doing the best they can, but yeah. I want to support them. And I want yeah. also for them to know it's not their fault. It's just, it doesn't take a lot for them to learn to be more empowered, even with what they're trying to accomplish with their children. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why this conversation is so important to me because what they teach their children. I mean, listen, we sat, I sat in a room with 37 women and one of the greatest issues that came up was identity. Yes. And worth. Yes. That was, and that came, and a lot of us talked, I mean, we talked a lot. I taught a lot about that and where it comes from and, you know, helping parents help their children will help them help themselves to, it's like almost like a re-education for themselves and what they may not have had as children because they're learning to do it for their child. It becomes a benefit and a gift to them too, because they realize, oh, I can treat myself the same way. Right. Well, I think it starts with the parents in that yeah. I think parents need to learn how to take care of themselves. It's so and interesting. How to love themselves. Right. And that's why like the weekend, the empowerment, the, the women's empowerment retreat was beautiful. And I spoke to a lot of moms. Yes. Over the course of the weekend. Yeah. And I really think that parents need so much support. They and do. they need love and they need acceptance because what they do, you know, all the women were saying, I don't know how you do it. It's the hardest job ever. But yeah. in my opinion, parenthood is an infinitely harder job. Right. And, you know, we come, a lot of, a lot of parents come into parenthood with their own issues, with their own childhoods, with their own difficulties that, you know, they're trying to navigate through. And I think when parents give themselves permission to approach this stage in their life as a brand new learning for themselves, for their children, it takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I parents totally. struggle with working. Um, their children are in daycare. Parents have guilt around having to leave their children in daycare because they need to go to work. Parents have—they're um, exhausted. Exhaustion. The, the time that they have is minimal, and the time—the quality time that they do have for children is interrupted with the mundane tasks of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Cooking supper, doing the dishes, taking bath, brushing teeth. Yeah. Right? And nobody's learning or allowing themselves or giving anybody permission to just chill the fuck out. <laughs> right? I have a couple of questions that I, okay. I want my listeners to hear. Okay. okay. There's two things. First of all, I'm going to talk about what you're up to later because I, I think that people need to know. Yes. I want to help parents know how to help themselves as well. Right. Um, but do you have, first of all, any books that you recommend just for them oh. to start with? Um, it's a little dated, uh, but I recommend any book by Magda Gerber. Okay. 
Okay. Um, a lot of her books are on Amazon. The first one I would start with is Dear Parent. Awesome. Beautiful. Dear Parent is, um, you know, the handbook that all parents wish their children came with? Yes. That's yes. the handbook. Awesome. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Is the other, there one other one is, one? well, the, the book that you recommended to me, which was the most, it's the Dr. Shfali, uh, The Conscious Parent. Yeah, I love her. That is, uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, she's, she's well known. Uh, her name is Janet Lansbury. Okay. Janet Lansbury had the luxury. She's a mother of three. She had the luxury of being mentored by Magda Gerber. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And she has two books. Um, no Bad Kids. Mm -hmm. is one of them love highly it. recommended i love it and it shows parents because you know uh, the misconception with respectful parenting and conscious parenting and respectful caregiving the biggest misconception is that it's passive and that by being respectful and conscious and holding space for children as unique individuals that means that we give them free reign to do whatever they want. And that is the farthest thing from the truth. Awesome. Because That's what really young good. children really need mm -hmm. to feel safe, to mm -hmm. feel trust and confidence mm -hmm. is limits and boundaries. Mm -hmm. And knowing that the parents are in control of holding that boundary, no matter what the child is experiencing. Mm -hmm. So these yeah. Janet Lansbury talks a lot about that because discipline, yeah. respectful discipline, discipline is teaching. It's mm -hmm. not punishment. So through discipline, these are learning opportunities. And Janet Lansbury, uh, she articulates that absolutely beautifully. That's awesome. Because I think it's really easy for a, a parent to just listen to an audible in the car. For sure. You know, and let themselves know that they're not alone and that okay. there's support for them because it's really important because I think a lot of parents just don't know what to do and they feel ashamed because they, they're not, you know, their kid is turning out this way or that way yeah. and, you know, they, they, they don't know what to do. They don't have, they didn't have that experience of knowing, you know, how to be the best that they can be either, you know, because of their raising or whatever information they don't have. So that's why I asked. The other thing I wanted to know, which I think is really important, is how can parents help the, the places where their children are? How can the parents help the daycares? You know what I mean? So let's say, you know, because I think a parent has a huge influence, you tell me if this is correct or not, by asking or even like, let's say a parent reads one of these books as an example and thinks this is like a really amazing book, but understands that that's not the philosophy of their daycare, but has the person who owns the daycare, they're good friends with. And they say, you know, I really think you might want to read this book to help you even provide a better environment for the kids or for my kid. Or I started reading this book. Can parents infuse or inject in some way supporting a shift in daycares? I think they absolutely have to try. Okay. I don't have a definite answer because it depends on what attitude they're met with. There are, there are daycare owners yep. that, that, that are like me that go into the business really wanting to foster the development of all children and yeah. creating the space and the education and the energy and the mindset to do that and to build a team of women that are really dedicated to that mm -hmm. right yeah i think it starts by having simple conversations like this do you find that there's not a not there's not very many men in daycares it breaks my heart yeah i have to i have to give props to dads dads are awesome yeah dads are incredible yep and dads play such an important role in the development of the children. Right. The male energy is just, it's so different from our energy as women. Where, you know, we're focused on 
teaching and disciplining and guiding and facilitating our children to become conscious, respectful members of society. And the dads, well, not all, I can't speak for all dads, but the male energy is a little bit lighter. It's a little bit more fun. It's a little bit more lax. And the children, sometimes that comes from the mom and the, the, the discipline comes from the dad. You know, it can go either way. But I've, in 25 years, I have only had the pleasure of working with a male once. Wow. And let me tell you, the children flocked to him. Mm. None of us, and we were, I think, we're, we were full-time. We were 12 women. Yeah. And the second he showed up and he was starting his shift, <laughs> none of us existed. Wow. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. And I think, so you know, important. there's a lot of stigma and we can't, we we have to we have to bring that to light and we need to talk about those stigmas very honestly and openly yep but you know the world is filled with amer- amazing dads uncles yeah. brothers friends of families mm. that 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 have so much to offer in the field right so I, it's, it's, I would love to see more men in the field. Definitely. That's what I was asking. Cause I, I understood when you said women, I'm like, oh, that must mean there's not a lot of men in no. the experience. You know what I mean? So that's really interesting for sure. Very interesting. Yep. Uh, all right. So let me ask you another question about what you're up to today. Tell me about how you went from being in the daycare community to opening your own because you're like a daycare entrepreneur so that you're a daycarepreneur (laughs) so i want to know about that experience a little bit and you know how you're finding it well my mission is to raise the standard of quality care in a in a very observable tangible way um so what for me what happened was i i was in an environment where the children were not being served and i couldn't handle that and it made me very angry in my heart like my heart was angry and i was sad and um i ended up fighting with everybody Mm-hmm. you know because i just i just wanted them to see how much better we could be and how much more we can do and it didn't matter that our daycare was owned by somebody else who didn't who who just saw it as a business we could we could affect change within our space but you know you can't force people to do things. And that's, that was a big learning opportunity for me. And I got to a point where I just, I said, well, the only way it's going to happen is if I do it on my own and, and, and see, you know, see where it can go. Like I believe in this and I know this is the way it should be done. And let me put that into practice. Let me remove myself and, and put myself in a situation where I could really, I can make all the decisions and I can try different things out and see what works and what doesn't work and, you know, where the hiccups are. And uh, so that, that's what pushed me to open up my home daycare. And it's working. It's beautiful. Um, I think the home daycare is a stepping stone because I'd like to take things to a different level. Tell us about that. Well, oh my, I have so many things on, on my plate. Jared, <laughs> <laughs> do it. Tell us. There's so many things. Okay. So within this, um, this Rye philosophy, Rye is Magda Gerber's philosophy. It's pronounced Rye. Rye is an acronym for resources for infant educarers. Educarers is a, 
is a term coined by Magda Gerber because essentially it's, uh, it's not educating, it's we are caring for the children. And love, that's amazing. There's a three-step process to becoming a RAI associate. And last year I had the opportunity to, to do my first level certification. And the first level certification is in um, theory and observation. Observation is a very important uh, uh, component of this philosophy because if we don't observe take the time to really observe and get to know each child then we don't know how to meet their needs right so i did the first level certification which allows me to now give infant toddler parent classes and that's something that I really uh, am passionate about. I want to empower every parent out there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they're going through. It doesn't matter what their background is. It doesn't matter where they are in this parenting journey. Yeah. You know, this is something that, that can, be, can be learned and practiced. And it's, it's a process like anything else, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I would, I, would, I, I would like to start uh, giving parents infant classes. I would like to do uh, workshops for parents. I would like to maybe do, I don't know, I, you know, I think of parents and, you know, some, some just getting out of the house and doing like a retreat like you did, you know, the women's empowerment retreat, you know, if I can... Because a big component of the philosophy too is it, it preaches self-care for parents. You need to take care of yourself and you can't feel guilty about that. It's so important. Um, and then the big, the big dream is to have an infant toddler center that is, that is Rye inspired. Wow, that's amazing. Where every- the wild, wild fairy center? You know what? It's funny because that's exactly what I was trying to think of a French name, you know. <laughs> and you know, Faye is 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 a perfect. It's it's perfect, and it's going to be something like that. I think it's going to be called Fairyland. So this is a thing. So the reason I asked you to claim it because I want you to aim it, and yes, when you say it on a radio you. show, it means you're going to do it. That's right. So I know, I know you're sincere. I mean, you're talking like, you know, you're, you're hoping, but I think you're already going to plan on doing it from what well, I understand. My, and this, my, you're in the stages now of making sure that you're on the move to creating what, you know, well, and I, using your superpower as a child educator in the world. You know what I mean? And I think it's important because the truth is like, um, you know, putting you on the show, that's the part of the reason is I really, there's two things I really wanted to do. Give parents permission to understand, like it's not their fault and help them learn yeah. from your experience. I mean, 25 years of experience of dealing with parents and knowing what they need and what they're not getting and also children and just watching. Cause you can see, I mean, that's a lot of experience, whether you're certified or not, it has nothing to do with it. You have a lot of experience, girl. Well, I'm certified too, but you know what I mean? And yeah. you're certified too. So, I mean, it's important to you. I know that's wh- why you are, you know, you take your profession seriously and that's why you're, you said, no, I want to be certified in what I believe in so that people can trust that I've learned these philosophies and that you know, they know that you've done what you've had to do on your end to be that professional and live at that higher level of, you know, of education in itself and supporting parents and children in the best way. So, you know, I know you're going to do the other levels and I know, I know who you are and you're going to keep rising, but I also know that you're, you know, we're talking and we've been talking and you've been talking about, you know, starting the process of doing the workshops and the teaching and things like that. So, you know, I'm expecting something soon. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting some kind of something soon, um, yeah. you know. And, now. You know, so I'm looking at the fall. Is that correct? That you're going to do something soon, whether it's online or live in Montreal? Apparently, apparently it's the fall, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. I'm gonna, so I how I, you know how I roll, Montreal. right? I just, you know, <laughs> I get an idea and then I just kind of make it happen, right? For sure. With, sure. with your love and guidance and support too. We well, can't... it's so important, you know, and I, I really, 
you know, it's kind of cool to have this conversation and just watch you so willingly say, yeah, let's do it. Well, you know, I, I want you so, so effortlessly, mm-hmm. so hard at helping individual people grow and rise and you do it with such love and compassion. And I feel a responsibility to do that specifically for parents. Well, the thing is people don't know what they don't know. That's right. You know, it's like when you do know, and you have 25 years under your belt, like I have 25 years of transformation and educating myself and all kinds of, I mean, it's, it's not, we're not doing a service by hiding the gifts we have. That's right. Supporting other people who just don't know what they don't know. Yes. I mean, and they feel terrible about things that they're doing because they don't know what they don't know. And so it's the duty that you have to help That's right. children, you know, and I think it's needed. And well, I think it's not just the duty, it's your heart's passion and it your really desire. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with saying, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I really think it's my purpose. You know? And at the women's 100%. retreat, my, my, I am statement was mm-hmm. reflective of my thought process around this entire conversation and it being time for me to share. And it was, I am responsible. Yeah. I'm responsible for the knowledge that I have and I am responsible for sharing it with anybody who needs it and to do it with love and compassion and Mm -hmm. support. And that's really what I want to do. Yeah. And that's really gorgeous and beautiful, honestly. Um, I love this conversation. To me, this is just very, very powerful and beautiful. Mm. Really, really so. So I want to kind of close out with a couple of things. I want you to talk to parents directly and tell them what you really want them to know. You're going to fuck up a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? That's amazing. That's okay. Wow. That's That's okay. That's brilliant. So remove that pressure to be perfect, to be everything, and let yourself fuck up and Mm. just acknowledge it in the moment Mm. and acknowledge it to your babies Mm -hmm. and reconnect and show them, tell them that, you know what? I didn't have to raise my voice in that moment. And I'm going to try harder. Not, I promise never to do it again because that's bullshit. Yes. But I, I'm aware of it and I'm going to try harder. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Mm -hmm. We are all human beings. You are not meant to be everything and anything and a complete perfect being just because you happen to be a mom Mm -hmm. or a dad. And be authentic. Just be who you are. Accept yourself fully for all that you are. The good, the bad, the negative, the positive. Because you, by doing so, you give your children permission to accept themselves wholly. Mm. So when we're talking about identity and insecurity and self-concept, they feel safe and loved and accepted for all of them for who they are as a whole person Mm -hmm. and that's the biggest gift that we can give ourselves our children each other Mm -hmm. music to my ears and i give you all permission to just be yourself that's beautiful and anybody who wants to judge it that's their prerogative but -hmm. you know what no one's judging you here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me a platform to to share my heart. Absolutely. And your experience and, and your impeccable knowledge and your beautiful compassion for parents and children. Because this is why I, you know, really adore you so much as you you don't just pick a side. You understand deeply like that it's, you know that we have to be connected in a bigger, bigger fashion and parents need as much as children do. It's macro micro. If we're looking, if we're, if we're looking at, at, at a child or child development from an individual whole perspective Mm -hmm. that grows 
and grow like it it goes from looking at the child that way to looking at ourselves that way to looking at the family unit that way to looking at the village that way to looking at yeah and that's the beauty of it it's so expansive yeah for sure and you 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 know are a trailblazer and this is like definitely my heart's desire for you is that you trailblaze some of it by just this conversation to be the beginning point and then what you're going to do in the fall which you've just committed to (laughs) (laughs) publicly you know sometimes that's probably you can't commit on a radio show and not do it no exactly expectations there so no 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 So I want to know, how can people find you? Is there, you know, if somebody wants to just talk to you, have a conversation, I know you do private consultations. Well, I do private consultations. Absolutely. Um, They can reach me, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, I have a daycare page. Uh, It's called Les Petits Bio. Mm -hmm. uh, B-I-O. I will will put the links in this... uh, this episode as well. So you'll be able to find it there. They can find my personal page on Facebook. Italiano. Okay. Um, They can reach me uh, at five, seven, nine, six, three, eight, six, eight, four, six. Yeah. I mean, those are the best ways to connect with me. Okay. Because I think it's important that people can just know that if they need a little bit of support and help that, yeah, I know you do the consultations, there's going to be workshops and stuff coming in September. But, you know, <laughs> yes. I think after people listen to this, they might really feel compelled to just get a little bit more deeper understanding, you know what I mean? I, of how and, they can do it. And so. I want parents to know that although this philosophy is really, um, it, it, it it's based on children that are zero to three yeah it works at any age and it doesn't matter how old their children are (laughs) we can we can start this philosophy of respect we can take ownership we can change the game just because you've been doing something for seven years it doesn't mean that you can't you can't try something new wow at any stage that's very powerful Right. Because that's part of it too, is parents often feel like they don't have that hope. So that was an awesome, awesome way to end this conversation. Mm. To say you can start at any age and it will make a difference. And the truth is in this conversation, we've been talking about that. You can learn and grow anytime. Anytime. You know what I mean? Anytime. I mean, it women like in the the retreat, all different ages. Yes. Transforming uniquely. So that gives me a lot of hope you know, for the work you're doing and the work I'm doing that we can really help, you know, make a difference. So that's the point. Thank you for being on the show, my love. Thanks for having me, darling. I'm wondering if you're Italian though, Italiano, but anyways, just. (laughs) I'm Polish. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you, everyone for listening. I love you too. And I'll see you on the next episode, family. Bye. Bye.